Let's take a Bible and go back to the book of Job chapter 5. Job chapter 5. Uh, we started a message last Sunday morning uh, on the chastening hand of God, on God's chastening hand. And uh, we, uh, well, we'll read in verses 17 and 18. Uh, we are studying the book of Job on Wednesday night. And I'll, there's some things I'll repeat by way of introduction this morning. Uh, one, as you've heard me mention on Wednesday night, uh, Job's friends, even though their assumption about Job was wrong, uh, some of the things they said were true, but their application was wrong. Uh, and when we come to Job 5, verses 17 and 18, what uh, I believe Eliphaz is talking here, what he has to say is true when it comes to the chastening hand of God. So I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Uh, we'll read two verses, pray, and then we'll preach. But in Job chapter 5, if you happen to be here, say amen. Amen. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. It's good to be saved. Uh, it's good to know Him. Amen. I wouldn't want to uh, not know Him. Let me say this today. If you don't know Jesus Christ uh, as your Savior, I want you to know that He died uh, on a Roman cross for your sin and my sin. The Bible said in Romans 3, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5 and 12, Wherefore as by one man sinned into the world, death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And sin, the Bible says, is a transgression of the law. And so if you have broke the law of God in any fashion, I believe it was the book of James tells us, uh, that if we have broke one, then we have offended it all. And so let me say this, that we're all born into sin uh, because of what Adam done. You are a lawbreaker, you are a sinner, and you need to get saved if you have never trusted Christ. But Jesus came... Uh, to pay for your sin. Amen. I, ain't you glad of that? The Bible said that he was uh, gave his blood that by faith in the book of Romans chapter 3 and verse 26 I believe it is uh, that faith in his blood he is a propitiation. That means that he appeased the wrath of God against us. And if you'll ask him to save you, Paul said in Romans 10, uh, that for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10 and 13 said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And boy, if you've never been saved, today's a good day. Amen. To know Jesus Christ. Boy, we sung about him all day. We sung about him. And boy, thank God. Job chapter 5. Look with me in verse 17. The Bible said, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. For he maketh sore and bindeth up. He woundeth and his hands make whole. You can be seated this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this wonderful day. We thank you for the promise of your coming. We thank you for the promise of the catching away of the church. But while we're here, Lord, I pray that we would ever be about your business and trying to win others to you. We ask this morning, if there's one here lost, I pray you'd save them. I pray that you'd bring them to that place of repentance, that they would trust you. We ask this morning that, Lord, there may be somebody that is away from you. They're saved, but, Lord, their heart is not right with you. And I pray they would get right. And Lord, all they have to do is come back to you and Lord, you'll receive them in if they'll repent of their sin. And we ask this morning you'd help the one that just might need help, whatever it is. I pray they'd look to you. 
Lord, we'll tell you again that we love you. I pray now that you would help us preach for just a little while. We certainly need you to do that. Uh, we certainly need a touch from heaven. And I pray you'd guard our mind and our thoughts. And Lord, hinder Satan from this service. And I pray folk would be very attentive and act to the word of God for just the next few minutes. And Lord, we're going to give you the glory for it. Save that sinner's nearest tale for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we look in this passage of Scripture as he is uh, talking about the chastening of the Almighty. Uh, and last week we talked about uh, how that some want to focus on uh, God's love only. And by the way, he is love. The Bible tells us in uh, little John that for God uh, is love. And they want to focus on God's love and his mercy uh, and never consider his judgment. And then uh, you have those that all they ever want to do uh, uh, is focus on God's judgment. Uh, they never want to focus uh, on anything else. And, and you run into that from time to time. They uh, want to talk about how God chastens all the time and uh, how that He rebukes His people. And uh, He does, by the way. We understand that uh, and know that. And uh, we looked about God's chastening hand. Went over the book of Hebrews uh, uh, chapter 12 and seen how that uh, as many as I love, uh, I rebuke and chasten. Revelations chapter 3, He tells us that uh, in the book of Hebrews 12, he tells us that uh, that it is for his children uh, uh, and his children alone. We understand that, that God uh, uh, does not chasten those that are not his. Take your Bible uh, and look over there. I want to show you something this morning in Hebrews 12. Uh, uh, we'll read this scripture. We'll get started here in a minute. Uh, uh, but I want you to understand something about Hebrews uh, uh, chapter 12 and the chastening uh, uh, hand of God. Uh, uh, the great thing about it is, uh, uh, is it will prove uh, your sonship and your daughtership uh, uh, and that to the heavenly father uh, uh, Hebrews 12 and verse 5 uh, and, 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 you have, and, and you have forgotten the exhortation uh, which speaketh unto you as unto children uh, my son despise not thou the chastening uh, uh, of the Lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him for whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Now you know what? You're going uh, to be chastened and that of the heavenly father uh, uh, if you're part of the family uh, and you get wrong. Did you know that? Do you understand that today? I mean, some of you all, I've, I've heard your testimony. Uh, you've talked to me and told me your testimony. Uh, uh, and God has had to get your attention. Now, let me say this, uh, uh, and, and like I said, I'm going to repeat myself, son. God starts out with instruction. He goes to correction. But if you don't listen to correction, then He's going to end up on chastening. Now, He wants to get your attention. Why? Because He loves you. Uh, what parent in, his, her, in here this morning uh, uh, that would not correct and chasten their child when they get wrong? You're just not going to let them run wild, are you? Uh, if you do, you're not much of a parent. I don't care uh, whether you like that or not. It don't hurt my feelings and it shouldn't hurt yours. Uh, uh, friend, if you love your children, then you will correct them uh, uh, because you love them. 
I mean, that's why God does it uh, uh, to us this morning. Uh, he don't do it because He gets some kind of kick out of it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think He gets any joy uh, uh, out of it at all. Uh, but if you read the next verse, uh, He said, But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, uh, then are you bastards and not sons. Uh, that means you're not part of the family. Uh, uh, listen, and He said, If you be without chastisement, if you can do wrong uh, and get by with it, uh, and so something don't bother you and something don't afflict you. Uh, uh, listen, I thank God uh, uh, for the Holy Spirit that resides in my heart uh, uh, that when I get headed wrong, uh, He lets me know. Amen. I'm grateful and thankful uh, uh, for the love that God has toward me. Uh, uh, that friend that when I start to go wrong, uh, He'll begin to get my attention. I love that. I'm glad that when my pride gets a little more than uh, what it should be, uh, he'll begin to get my attention with some things. Now, I've told you this a million times, but I think it's worth saying again. He don't start out beating on you. He, he don't start out beating on you. But I remember one time I, I heard a preacher say this, and I'll agree with him. He don't start out beating on you, but he'll get there eventually if you keep refusing him and rebelling against him. I don't think it takes God a long time. I, I'm glad He's long-suffering. And, I, and I'm thankful for the long-suffering of God. But I, I'm going to tell you, He does those things uh, to get our attention. We seen last week uh, uh, about why does God chase us. Uh, he does it because of our disobedience to Him uh, and because of His love toward us. Our disobedience. We looked at David last week. We'll probably look at him a little more. We talked about Jonah uh, last week. Jonah got on a boat and was going to Tarsus to get away uh, and that from God so that he wouldn't have to go to Nineveh. And the Bible says over in the book of Jonah uh, that he fleed from the presence uh, of the Lord. He was running uh, uh, from God. He was trying to get away from God. God called him to preach. God called him and sent him down to Nineveh. Uh, and Jonah said, I'm not going to go. Uh, and so he gets, and if you read that, uh, the Bible said he went down into the ship and he paid the fire thereof. That's always the way it is. You want to get away from God, you're going to go down. Uh, uh, he went down into the ship. He went down to Joppa uh, and he paid the fire thereof. And that's always what happens. You're going to pay while you go. But He does it to keep us out of more trouble. Notice it was God. Notice in the book of Job, for He maketh sore and He woundeth. God knows how. God knows how. But we come to the second point this morning on how does God chasten. As I've said, God generally don't start out beating on us. And there's some things in the Bible uh, that, I, that I don't understand, but we can go back and uh, you, you go read the book of Judges sometimes uh, uh, and you'll find that uh, I believe it was seven times in the book of Judges uh, uh, that the Bible said that Israel did evil again uh, in the sight of the Lord. And, and every time that Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, uh, he would send some other country in there uh, to get their attention, to uh, begin to impose their will uh, upon them, begin to uh, inflict pain against them. Uh, uh, and he would do that so that they would look to him uh, and cry out to him. 
He would send his men in to preach and tell them the truth. You can go to the book of Judges. We uh, studied uh, uh, the book of, or at least Judges 6 and 7 uh, here lately in Sunday school past few weeks uh, talking about Gideon. Uh, and, and so God is uh, calling Gideon. Uh, and, and the thing about Gideon, when God uh, comes to call Gideon over here now, uh, listen, they, they are in, in chapter 6, it said, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian uh, seven years. And the hand of Midian uh, prevailed against Israel. Uh, uh, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens, which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had shown the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them, and they encamped against them and destroyed uh, uh, the increase of the earth uh, uh, till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel neither sheep nor oxen nor rest took everything they had all because of their sin so God allowed that to happen I mean listen they come in and they took everything that they had you go over there and, 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 and is it in, in the book of is it in the book of Haggai where he talks about how, how they'll put money in bags that's got holes in it? And you know, they'll try to say, but it just goes away. I mean, God sends them cleanness of teeth. I, I don't give them anything to eat. I, I, I mean, all because of their sin. Now we can look at it as a national point uh, this morning and, and I want to try to stay away from that. But we do need to understand that God's going to judge our nation. Amen. If you don't believe that, there's something wrong with you uh, this morning. You have no spirituality at all. I, I, I tell you this morning, you need to understand that judgment is coming for our nation. I believe uh, that we're starting to see it right now. I believe we're starting to see it. You want me to show you something? Take, take your Bible and go to the book of Judges. Where do you want to see it? I'm going to show it to you. How's that? You go to the book of Judges chapter 2. As I was looking over this message, I come across this scripture uh, here. And in Judges chapter 2, look with me in verse 8. Judges 2 and verse 8. And Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Tinnath Harris, in, in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Gaash. And also all that generation were gathered under their fathers... What generation? Joshua's generation. And all that generation were gathered under their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the very next verse said, And the children of Israel did evil on the side of the Lord, and served by them. Can I ask you a question? Why did they not know? There arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Why didn't they know? Now we're quick to blame that generation, but why didn't they know? It didn't say that they didn't serve the Lord. It said they didn't know the Lord. It said which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which He had done for Israel. What about the generation prior to them? What had they taught them? Now I know they told them some stories. I understand that. Uh, because if you go on over to chapter 6 uh, and read about Gideon, Gideon's making his complaint over there. Uh, when, when, when the Lord come to him, uh, uh, appeared to him in verse 12 and called him a mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto, the, said unto him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then, why then is all this befallen us? Our nation kind of asked that question. 
I believe the further we rock on, say, preacher, you're just gloom and doom. No, I'm trying to get you to see that, friend, we're, we're in a mess this morning. We're in a mess as a nation uh, and we're, we're in a mess as Christians uh, uh, because we have forsook this book and the God of this book. You know what he said? Why then is all this befallen us? And where be all the miracles which our fathers told us of? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Why did he do that? Well, Israel did evil on the side of the Lord. Look in verse 1. But there was a generation that knew not the Lord nor His works. I, I, fault, I fault us for some of the things that generations after us don't know. I do. I, I fault mom and dads because they, they weren't faithful to keep their children in church. You realize that if church is not important to you, the church will not be important to your children. Amen. If living for God is not important to you, living for God will not be important to your children. I mean, I can preach all that I can preach till I'm blue in the face, and these Sunday school teachers can teach them the truth all they can, and you just hope and pray to God that it gets down in their heart. But friend, I'm going to tell you, you've got them more than we do. But we look at the book of Judges, and we see how that God gave them His men, God gave them His Word and they still didn't follow Him. God has gave us His Word and gave us preachers and gave us Sunday school teachers and gave us mamas and daddies and grandmas and grandpas that love God and that have taught and that have pleaded and that have prayed and that have begged for people to get right. But how does God chasten? One, He takes away His blessings. Is that not what He done to Israel? He told them over there in the book of Deuteronomy, he said, uh, if, 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 you, if, if you forsake me, uh, he said, if you follow me, then I'll do this, this, and this. I mean, he lays out a whole list of everything that God will do. Uh, uh, but then when, when he said, but if you forsake me, uh, uh, then I'm going to take this away. He said, God's awful me. No, God just wants you to serve him. God shed his blood and gave his son for you. I mean, God died for you. I mean, when you look at it in the light of that way, who is God? Well, God's your Savior. I'm talking to saved people this morning. If you're lost, you need to get saved. But I'm telling you, God, if God has saved you, you owe Him everything. I owe Him everything. I owe Him my life. Because He's gave me, listen, He's gave me eternal life. And all he's wanting out of us is our life while we're here. A lot of people, a lot of people, they've got the idea that God is wanting them to die for him. Listen, friend, he's wanting you to live for him. It's what he's wanting you to do. That's what he's wanting me to do. There may come a day that we have to die for him. But I'm going to tell you, God will get our attention. God will certainly get our attention. You know, when David had sinned against the Lord with uh, the, 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 the sin of adultery with Bathsheba and the murder uh, of Uriah, uh, and, and I mean all the sin that had took place uh, right there. And I, I mean, David got in a mess. I mean, you ever go back and you read about David's sin and about his prayers that he made Psalms chapter 38. I, I mean, he was in bad shape. I mean, God, God got his attention 
You go look in Psalms chapter 38. He said, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in the hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head, and as a heavy burden, they are too heavy uh, for me. He said, My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled, I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. He goes back and he says, Lord, he said, your arrows stick fast in me and thy hand breath is sore. Oh, me, God was shooting at him, wasn't he? All because of his sin. You read in Psalms 51 where David got right with the Lord where he repented of his sin in Psalms 51. But in verse 8, he said, make me hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. He said, Lord, you broke my bones to get my attention. You've broke me. God, God knows how to break it. You know, He woundeth. He knows how to make sore. And He knows how to wound. Don't be trying to... I'm, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to get you to see that one, you, if you're saved, you owe your life to God. You owe your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's not... And if you get saved, He's not going to let you wander around out in the world. He's not going to let us be like the world. He's not going to let us uh, and that sin and continue in our sin. I believe Psalms 38 teaches and tells us that David was miserable in his sin. I believe Christians should be miserable in sin. That's like I say coming in here. If you ain't right with God, you ought to feel welcome in here, but you shouldn't feel good. Amen. Amen. The songs we sing should convict you and the messages preached should bother you. Amen. Joshua chapter 7. You look about Achan. And Achan had took the gold, the silver, and the good Babylonian garment as they went into Jericho. And, and, and you can still, even in all that, when, 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 Achan, when Achan had done wrong and, and buried all that stuff, uh, we, we still see the long-suffering of God by the time they got to Achan. I mean, he went by tribe, and then he went by family, and then he got over to the household, and, and through all that, we see the long-suffering of God. Do you realize in the book of Judges, God was long-suffering with Israel? Uh, we, we, we look about Achan, he was long-suffering. He was long-suffering with David even in his sin. He was even long-suffering with Jonah. We don't think he was, but he was. God has a way of getting your attention. Was it Brother Bud Rao? His, his girls was playing out in a field, not a cloud in sight. And, and a bolt of lightning come out of the air and struck one of his girls and killed her dead. And he wasn't right with God. You say, God, God won't work. Yeah, God, God works ways. I'm not telling you God's going to take your child from you, but I'm telling you God has a way of getting your attention. God's got, a, God's got an uncanny way of getting your attention. 
So right here it said that he what? That he makes sore and woundeth. He wants to get our attention not because he wants to be mean, because he wants to bring us back to him. He wants us to get right with him and have fellowship with him and restore that that relationship with him. I mean, that's why you want your children to be right with you, ain't it? I mean, so you can have a relationship. I, I mean, one, you just want them to be right with you. You want them to do right. You, uh, you don't want them to be a heathen, if I can say it that way. You want them to be right. You want them to be like somebody. Uh, but listen, friend, you desire a relationship with your children, don't you? Do you not think that the prodigal son's father desired to have a relationship with him? I mean, when he was gone? That his heart uh, hurt and his heart yearned and had to have a relationship with him? So Jonah, he runs from God, gets out of his will. Can I make a contrast here this morning? The difference between Gideon and Jonah. Gideon was struggling to do God's will, but he was always headed toward it. Gideon Gideon had, had a hard time with faith, but he was still always headed toward God's will. But Jonah knew what God's will was, and he was headed away from it. He would not go toward it until God got his... God had to almost kill him to get his attention. I love what Jonah said after he got on the, uh, got on the boat, got on the ship, and the, and the, storm, and the storm was raging... And he, he was down there sleeping. He was trying to get away from God. They cast lots to see whose fault it was that they were in the shape they were in. And they come to Jonah in verse 8. And then they said unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? And which comest thou? What is thy country and of what people art thou? Tell us what you do for a living and where are you from? Where are you headed? Why are you going there? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven which hath made the sea and the dry land. Did he? Did he really fear God? Because if he did, I believe he'd have went to Nineveh. I bet he's fearing God now. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So as he was talking in their conversation, he said, God is trying to send me to Nineveh to preach to them. Remember what they asked him? said, What is thine occupation? I'm a preacher. <laughs> but I'm on the run from God. <laughs> but how would you like to hear that conversation? 
For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them then, said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea so we so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. I want to show you something. Sometimes when God's trying to get your attention, He gets everybody else involved at the same time. He gets everybody else involved. He knew why. He said, this storm that we're in the middle of, uh, it's my fault that we're in the middle of it. I'm running from God. God was going to send me to Nineveh, wants me to go to Nineveh, and I won't go. I'm running from Him. And the only way to make this storm go away is you take me out and throw me overboard. I really wonder if Jonah wanted to die right there. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. And you can see how hard they tried. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land. Talking about the boat. But they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let, not, let us not perish for this man's life. And lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it hath pleased thee. See, that's the thing that men you have to understand. God does as it pleases him. That would be a good thing for me and you to get a hold of. God does as He pleases Him and He's justified in whatever He does. So they took Jonah, so they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice and the Lord made vows. And now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And, we, and if you know anything about Jonah, the, the whale swallowed him up, kept him in there for three days. Chapter 2 is his prayer down there in the belly of the whale. But chapter 3, he spit him out and he's headed to Nineveh. But you know, you don't have to wait for the storm or the great fish to swallow you up to get you headed in the right direction. I think sometimes we wait on that. <clears throat> we wait on God to beat on us and beat us into submission when, when, listen, we can just get right with God. You know, if you get wrong today, you don't have to wait for God to beat on you to get right. I think sometimes that's what we wait on. We see how long we can get away with things. We see how long we can be in this sin. We see how, how, how long, how far we can push this thing. I hope not. But he got Jonah's attention. So how does God chasten? He's got many ways that he chastens. Well, he, I mean, David's heart smote him and it bothered him. Does your heart bother you? God will sometimes beat on us mentally to get our attention, sometimes physically. I'm talking about after he has pled with you. And begged with you to get right. But then how do we avoid God's chastening hand? Obedience. How many of you parents has ever told your children, if you'd have just done what I told you, we wouldn't be in this situation? I see mamas looking at daddies and daddies looking at mamas right now. And some of them I believe is looking at their children. You know, if, if, if we would just do what God wants us to do and just trust Him 
Then that would keep us out of trouble. By the way, this is a simple message, by the way. The Apostle Paul said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when he's over here talking about the Lord's Supper. But when we come to the latter part of, of this, talking about the Lord's Supper, he said, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak, sickly among you, and many sleep. All right, so because of what they've done, because of the way that they have treated the Lord's Supper. That's what he's talking about right there. Because of the way they had treated communion and they had turned it into a party. Uh, and, and, and by the way, in those that didn't have, they wouldn't let them come in. Some's hungry, others are drunk, and it said over there. Uh, and some are run, they're so prideful uh, in this thing. I mean, they're in a mess. I, I mean, they're just, they're, they're just in a mess because of the Lord's Supper. He said, some of you are weak and sickly and some of you sleep. He's not talking about going to sleep. He's talking about they died because of this situation. I mean, sleep. For we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. 1 Corinthians 15. Some of them have died in the Lord. Yeah, they were saved. But they still died because of the situation they were in. But then he said this in verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. You know what we need to do? Examine ourselves. That's always an exciting thing to do, ain't it? Not examine our neighbor. Not examine our children. Not examine our spouse. But examine ourselves. Judge ourselves. Put ourselves in the light of the Word of God. That's how you judge yourself. You don't judge yourself by what you think. You don't judge yourself by the opinions that you have. Paul said this, For we do not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves among themselves are not wise. That's what people do a lot of times. Well, I think it's okay to do this. Well, what does the Word of God say? I think it's alright if I do this. Okay. What's the Bible say? I think it's okay if I let this into my home or we watch this on TV or we watch it on our phone or I will listen to it on the radio or we read it. What's the Word of God say? I'm talking about if we want to stay right with God, then we judge ourselves and examine what's in our life. Ain't that so exciting? That sounds so exciting, don't it? Judging things that is in our life that's not always an exciting thing. But he said if we would what? For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. If we would just put stuff in our life in the light of the Word of God, it would change things. If, if you believe the Bible, if you believe this book that I've got in front of me, we're King James Bible believers around here. I, I, I mean, if, if you read and believe what it says, and then do it, I mean, what, what, it, what, what does James say? Uh, that it's a mirror, that it reflects what we are. Sometimes that's why I don't want to read it. Because it's going to reflect what I am. It's going to show me what I am. I want you to understand something. I, I opened up with this statement last week, but I'm probably going to close with it. I, I, don't, I don't think me and you need to get up every morning and, and say and, and, and think in our mind, boy, I hope I don't mess up today because God's going to beat the far out of me if I do. I, I, I think that's a miserable way to live life. That we go around fearing that God's going to take a two before 
and, and beat the far out of us if we just mess up. Because He does remember that we are dust. He does remember that. But I also don't want to give us opportunity or a reason or an excuse to mess up. I think that's what a lot of... Uh, some Christians, I think a lot of Baptists, are looking for a way, to, for a loophole. They're always wanting a loophole. I know that when most of the time, not every time, but most of the time when some people, when somebody comes and asks me about what I think about this situation, nine times out of ten, they're trying to look for a way to sin. That's, that's, what, that's what they're trying for. To, to, instead of mortifying our flesh, ain't that just an exciting word, mortify? That means to make something dead while the other part lives. That means while the new man lives in us, we crucify the old man. That's why we put off the old man and put on the new man. All we got to do is obey the Lord. I, 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 you say, that sounds so simple. It is. It is simple this morning. It is simple. To just obey God and follow His Word. Now, you know what the Bible said over here? Here's the great thing. Book, 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 of, book of Job. He said, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Ain't you glad that the Lord corrects us? I don't want to go on in my sin. No, ma'am, no, sir. But I want him to correct me because I'm part of his family. And he tells us not to despise the chastening of the Lord. He said, For he maketh sore and he woundeth. But you know what he said? He bindeth up and he maketh whole. That same God that you have refused and rebelled against, if you come and repent, you know what he'll do? He'll fix it. And that's the great thing about it. He'll fix it. Let's bow our head this morning.